0: Amen. Thank you, Lord. So, how do you like this new microphone? Who said they didn't? Uh, Johnson's not. You know what? Johnson sent me his email and said this about microphones. He said, everybody speaks really well, Byron, except you. Because <laughs> you speak out of your face. I'm thinking, what else do you speak out of? He said, they speak out of their chest. I'll send the email out <laughs> yeah. So, he was saying, we need to get a special microphone just for you. Because every time you sit up and say, "I have to readjust everything to make it sound better," now, he said that. So we're experimenting with microphones. I like I like this microphone so far. Hey, I got a great prayer. Here's the prayer: Devil, get out. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's really what Jesus said. Lord, delivers from the devil. My version is: Devil, get out of here. So let's just tell the devil. Think about an area of your life where you feel like the enemy's trespassing. Just say, "Devil, get out." Devil. I just hate you. I hate you. You have permission to hate the devil. Okay? You have permission to hate the devil. And, yeah, because he hates us. You know, this, I just envisioned this morning during worship while we were praying for our country. I just saw the blood just being poured over the White House. you know, And I, I saw the blood over the, the, uh, you know, the congressmen, all the people in charge, the governors even, and mayors even. And I went through this whole thing in my mind. then I saw the, the blood of Jesus over all the children in our nation. The Lord loves the children, and he really is concerned about their future in this nation. And so, Lord, we just ask you to break that, the, the enemy's commission over the United States of America. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, if you may have heard a rumor, oh, first of all, I'll be praying for Kara, Kara Wicker, because she had contractions this morning. Of course, you know that means nothing. <laughs> could be fake contractions, but I'm believing they're real, you know, like real. She even went out and cut the grass yesterday, because that's how Philip was born. I got Becky to cut the grass. (laughs) She made it through one stroke, and she said, i got to (laughs) quit. And I ran through the rest of it, and we took her to the hospital, and Philip was born. So we try anything to get her to have this baby without, you know, because she's really into wanting to do it the natural way. Yeah, you know, she has an appointment to be induced. Which is really hard on her, but I think you know it's like a cattle prod. It's when the pain of staying becomes greater than the pain of moving. You know what I'm saying? So she's got this cattle prod. We're like, she's I'm willing to like I'm willing to go ahead and do the induced thing because I can't take it no more. You know God does that with us. You know He gives these divine cattle prods. People don't want to change, and He starts this like, well, okay, you can stay right here. Which one do you choose? You want to stay here and, and, and experience the pain, or? Go on and move. You know, that's the way it feels sometimes. Amen. All right, so you may have heard a rumor in this about Wilmington. Everybody say Wilmington, North Carolina. Carolina. Now say River Life Wilmington. We really are. uh, You know, five years ago, we were believing that God wanted to start a church down there, a River Life church. Uh, And so we went down there and had meetings for about a year and a half, right? Two years almost. But we really could never seem to get it. Where somebody else besides me and Becky were going to do it because we weren't really believing God wanted us to, to be the people there. Uh, so we just and then the Holy Spirit River erupted in our church in 2006 and the Lord said, "You need to drop everything you're doing and focus on that because that's more important than everything else right now." Don't you love how God does? He tells you what your priorities are and you just do those. And but uh, so that's what we did. But you know, God puts a seed in the ground. Amen. And that's what visions and dreams are. People have visions and dreams, and they feel like they have to let go of them or they don't work. But it's like planting a seed. And, you know, time, temperature, and pressure. Time, temperature, and pressure is what causes a seed to... Did you know they found seed uh, in one of those uh, tombs of, in the pyramids, thousands of years old, that was sitting in there? And they planted them, and they came up. Isn't that amazing? Thousands of year old seed, and because it was not in the right environment, it couldn't grow. And so God takes a lot of our dreams that we think are going to happen tomorrow, and He plants them in the ground. And we think it's like burying something to die, like it's over with. And but time, temperature, and pressure. Everybody say pressure. pressure. Nobody wants pressure, but you know there's pressure on a seed because the the ground, and it causes it to to bring forth life and So that's what we're believing. You know, a bunch of people are down there this weekend, uh, and they had a meeting last night. I hadn't heard about it. That may be a bad sign, you know, know, because certain ones of those people they're really like mouthy people, and they'll tell you everything good and everything bad. Well, I hadn't heard anything good or bad, but I would like to know. But, but anyways, we believe the Lord was going to do that, and so we will be uh, seeing more of that take place over the next few months and to see what, how the Lord works. It all. Isn't it great to be able to start something? That's fulfilling the dreams, you know, and part of what we really feel called to do uh, always in our life has been there to help other people come into what they have for, for them. Uh, so I'm, I like it's you know, that's what I'm about personally. But anyways, oh, thank you, Lord. How many people would love a breath of fresh air? You know the atmosphere out there has been terrible in the natural. I'm talking about the ozone, whatever that is. It's something bad, evidently, because it's not healthy. Uh, But let's just this morning. This is what I saw the Lord saying: is This is I want you to know that we're in a new time, and God wants to breathe freshness into your heart. Okay, and He wants to breathe the old. He wants the old to be blown out of you. The old staleness of your life and the old stale spiritual thing. So if you can receive that, it's in the room this morning. I saw a, a, I saw a beautiful cloud come into the room, and it was beautiful, and it was really cool. You know I mean? I'm talking about cool temperature-wise. It felt good, uh, but it was an invisible cloud. I knew it was a breath of fresh air from heaven. It was like God wants to shift atmospheres. Now, the atmosphere is available. We had to allow it to shift us, though. Amen? That's how it works. So what you 've got to do is you 've got to receive it and, and allow it to do that so i 'm telling you what the lord 's doing if you want it let 's just take a moment, just stand up if you can and let 's just receive something fresh from heaven into your into your life in that God would just begin to in your heart you would feel a freshness. In, in your life, and whatever in every area of your life, this a new day, the old has gone and the new has come. If you can really believe that and pull on that, okay, then it will begin to work in your life. It will begin to work in your heart. And God will begin to do things for you in a new way. Some new things can begin to happen for you. And, you know, the things that were such a joy to you in the past... Will God will actually build on those things and increase those things in your life, Lord? We just received that right now, Lord. I just saw it. If you would, uh, I'm a big in. I saw it come. uh, This would be west, right? West, north that way. All right, everybody, turn to the west. Just in case you didn't know that, west is that way. You know, that's where west is uh, geographically. Because I swear, I saw the cloud. I saw it come from the west. Lord, we just want to receive this. Uh, mm, we just thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for that cool breeze from heaven. Uh, we thank you, Lord. Just bring that into our hearts and, and, and blow out all that old dust, Lord, in Jesus' name. Just blow out the dust, blow out the dust of hearts and minds. People's minds have gotten all, all cranky and messed up, thinking bad stuff, feeling bad stuff. Lord, every disease from yesterday we curse right now in Jesus' name. Every disease, every sickness, every failure, every financial loss right now in Jesus' name, we break the power of those financial losses and we call forth for increase. Increase, increase, increase in your people, Lord. Bless your people, Lord. God wants to bless people. He wants to prosper people. He wants to enable people. That's what God is all about. That's what he's about. He's not about just tearing people down. He's about building people up in every area. Uh, Paul, uh, John said, you know, beloved, I pray that you would uh, be blessed and prospered in all things, just as your soul prospers. Lord, we re- release that soul prosperity this morning into this room in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Ooh, all right. I wanted to. Uh, what else? talk to you. Just a moment. Uh, Ephesians 5.10. This will be a half a message. Well, if you can come to the second service, Alejandro is one of the most soft-spoken preachers you'll ever hear. He really is a very gentle man. His wife is a prophetess. I really, literally say that. You you get a word from her. Just tell her, I need you to give me a word. In fact, I told her, you can't come to River Life. You ain't coming to River Life unless she gives me a word. That's what I told him down there. But this is what every time I've ever seen that man minister, this is what happens. He gives this really gentle message, like that's like, well, that's not so profound. But somehow the Holy Spirit thinks it's profound. That's what blows my mind. Like, well, the Holy Spirit sure loved that message because he sure seems to show up when that guy speaks. You know, (laughs) and you know he did down there in South America. It was powerful, really. I was kind of like, man, I wish I could do that, but. I'm not him, so I just have to do what I do. Amen. All right, Ephesians 5:10. Let me read this to you, anyways. Get a word from his wife too. She really gives accurate words. Uh, As one person said, this is a word you can take to the bank and cash because it's they come true. Um, Ephesians 5:10. I want to read this. Uh, This is a lovely uh, scripture that a lot of Christians have gotten really touched by this. Uh, find out what is acceptable to the Lord, Ephesians five ten. Find out, find out what is acceptable to the Lord, or find out what is pleasing to the Lord. That's another way of saying find out. Well, I've actually preached from that scripture before, and preached it the wrong way, uh, because I would say stuff like this: uh, uh, prayer is pleasing to the Lord. Uh, you know, fasting is pleasing to the Lord, Worship's pleasing to the Lord, fellowships, all those things are pleasing to the Lord. And literally all those things are pleasing to the Lord because the Lord loves it when we pray, you know, and see if you're being real about it. How many people in this room have this experience with the Lord? Every time you get on something with God, like God touches your prayer life, you're praying in tongues, and you can pray in tongues for a long time, and God seems to touch it. And it's really good. And then you keep doing it a few days. And you realize somewhere along the line, what happened to God? He don't seem so happy with my tongue praying anymore. Do you all have that experience? Where it's like God, no matter what it is, tongue praying or just whatever, your worship, and God is no longer around in your great gifting or your great ability to have a quiet time or Bible reading with the Lord. Does anybody have that experience? I hope you do. Because this is what it says. God is zero, zero interested in any of that. He's interested in a relationship with you. And so he will just quit, like, okay, well you're gonna go you can pray until three hours a day, Byron. That's great. Go ahead and go through the motions of that. And I will be over here waiting on you when you get finished doing your thing. Because this is where I'm at over here this morning. God wants a relationship with people. Okay? He don't want some kind of systematic formula like cooking a a meal that you do this do that do this do that and you come up with a great meal i'm sure y'all don't do that but i do <laughs> you know does anybody do that i mean i'm telling you this is how to have a relationship with the lord get real with god and quit trying to do stuff some kind of formulated thing to get real with him. just get real with and talk to him And when it's time to pray in tongues, when it's time to do those things, it'll rise in you. It'll be, there'll be a flow in your life. There'll be a relational flow. I'm into that. Well, so anyways, that was sort of the side note. In the past, that's how I would sort of approach that, uh, is find out, you know. uh, Message Bible says, figure out what pleases Christ and then do it. Uh, But this is the key. We've got to understand that Paul was talking about this verse in the context of what he prayed earlier in the chapter, or in the book, as in Ephesians 1, where he prayed that we would that we would receive the spirit of wisdom, continue to receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the acknowledgement of the Lord Jesus Christ, so that the eyes of our heart or the eyes of our understanding would be open... And that we would know three things. We would know our calling, the first thing. We would know our identity, the second thing. And we would know the power of God, the third thing. Okay? Now, that's really important. Those three things in our life, they're like a sandwich, you know. They really are. This is how I look at life, like with food. You've got two pieces of bread you got got on one one piece of bread is your calling, and the other piece of bread is the power of God. But what makes those two pieces of bread work is the piece of meat in the middle, which is is your identity. Okay? That's what makes a... Anybody ever had just a mayonnaise sandwich? That's that's what you call a poor man's sandwich. Becky's had it. She lived on them. She grew, I never liked them. I would just not eat anything. A poor man's sandwich is... In the summertime, there's no tomatoes in the garden no more. So you make you a mayonnaise sandwich and drink and and put you some salt and pepper. That's a poor man's sandwich. That's like having a calling and that's like having some power working in your life, but your identity is not there. Okay, and so I love a good tomato sandwich and throw some bacon on it. I'm talking about good bacon. I'm talking about not that cheap, you know, Food Line brand. I mean, I'm liking the thick, good expensive six dollars a pack. I'll spend six dollars on bacon. I only get it once in a year when Beggy decides we're gonna have bacon. And that's only when your kids come over to have. And otherwise you're not there's no there's nothing cooked. You're on your own. You know. But that's how I see that those three things that Paul was saying. It's like a sandwich. You know, and and without the middle part you know, you're going to be messed up in your life. You're not going to have a good sandwich. You're not going to have a good meal. You're going to die from eating just mayonnaise and bread sooner or later. But if you have your identity, and that's what really makes the power of God, and that's what really makes your your calling, you know, really work, you know, in our life, everybody's looking for identity. I've talked to you guys a lot about this. Uh, This is some newer revelation that God's been giving me about this. Um, because this really is is the key, especially in in a new season. Um, I had this dream last night. In the dream, somebody got really upset with me because I told them, God gave me these scriptures in a dream to tell y'all. And it offended somebody to no end that God would do that, which I don't really understand that kind of offense. But, you know, anyways, okay. But I'm still going to receive stuff from the Lord in dreams. Anyways, in this dream... The Lord came to me. I guess it was the Lord it, and it was in my past and he simply came to me and put his hands on my shoulder. And when he did what he was doing, he was he was affirming me. Okay? The Lord was affirming me. He was letting me know that, you know what, Byron, this is who you are. This is who I created you to be. You know, I really value that. I'm really pleased with you and that really that's really the thing that every human being hungers for in their heart. I think I've told you before this is my fried chicken revelation. Okay, I love fried chicken. I'm throwing out some food for y'all this morning. Tomato sandwiches. But this is what happened to us a couple of years ago. We were at Tally House. Anybody ever went to Tally House? They got pretty good fried chicken. Not the best. Trust me, but it's pretty good. It's high, it's up there on the ladder. Of good fried chicken. I'm a fried chicken person. Y'all heard that joke about the, the fence around a, a grave, uh, uh, the preacher's, the joke, it's the joke. Let me tell you the joke. This is the only preacher joke that I know, okay? Somebody came to this preacher and said, uh, what is that fence around your, your... no, what is your belt? Yeah, what is your belt? And he said, that belt is a fence around a chicken graveyard, you know, back in the old days, preachers were accused of eating chicken. People would invite them over to their house to eat fried chicken. So his belt was a fence around a chicken graveyard he had ate. So I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> you know, I love fried chicken. Anyway, so, so when I have an opportunity, I eat it to, to test it out. But we were having a family meal with our children and grandchildren. And Emma Lou had ate several pieces of fried chicken. And her mama mentioned, oh, look how much fried chicken you've ate, Emma. And Emma glanced at her mama and looked straight at her daddy. Okay? And it was a moment in time where Emma was looking for her daddy to say something to her, for her daddy to affirm her. Now, that was seems childish, childlike. But every person in this room, we're looking for that father to say to us, oh, look look at you. Look, I love you so much. Look how much fried chicken you've ate. What a special girl you are. What a special boy you are. Okay? And so, because that's the desire of our hearts is to have that Father to say, to affirm us, to say to us, not only what you're doing I love, but who you are I love, I value, I appreciate. And a lot of people are desperate. A lot of, I see so many preachers that are tore up in their life because it's not so. They have a tremendous call. They operate in the power of God. But they themselves, they're, they're a shell on the inside. They're messed up on the inside. Because that thing in them, they haven't heard this thing from the Father say to them, you, you know what? I love you so much. I created you that way. I even created you to look like that. And I'm just in love with that. And I want you to be that. And so that's the desire of every person's, every human's heart. Everybody in this room, you had that desire whether you, whether you want to admit it or not. So I wanted to read this one other scripture here to you. Um, we've read it many times in this church It's all time. This is all time. This has to do with pleasing the Lord, by the way, because I'm, I'm telling you something about pleasing the Lord. A lot of people think pleasing the Lord is, the, is doing those things. It has nothing to do with what we do. That's why Paul was saying, you've got to find this out. You've got to discover this, because there's only one thing that pleases the Lord. Okay? There's only one thing. And God wants us to know that great secret that pleases Him. So we can come to a place of rest in our life and know that we're pleasing. That we're pleasing. And when we realize we're pleasing, our life is pleasing. Okay? Because so many people in their heart, their life is not pleasing to them. They're discontent in their heart. They're discontent with who they are. They're discontent with what they're doing. Nothing ever works out in their life. And no matter what they do, they can never come to this place of contentment. They're discontent and they're not pleased. They're not pleased with anything. And God won't and only God can fix that, but are y'all are y'all doing good this morning? I'm really bad when when people I'm listening to people preach. I just don't want people to be bad when I'm preaching. I may just lay around and, you know, and close my eyes and lay back, but I'm really listening. I'm really absorbing, but I, it just don't look good. I had a preacher tell me that one time. Byron, I'm coming back to your church again because the way you act. you sitting over there. You're not even listening to me. How you reckon? Re- 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 I love it what you were saying, man. It was wonderful. He was just joking me. Uh, Proverbs 111, not Proverbs, Mark 111. It says, Then a voice came from heaven. Y'all remember this one? I haven't said it lately, so I figure i say it to you again. You're my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Okay? God was pleased with Jesus for one reason and one reason only. Okay? Because what? He was a son. His son. Okay. And so that was see, that was a key revelation for Jesus. Before Jesus entered into his calling, he had to have his identity settled. Okay, now listen, we've got to get this. Jesus had to have this experience. He had this experience so we could see Jesus had this experience. We need to have this experience. Many of us want to jump over into the power realm, okay, without having this identity realm settled. And you're just going to eat a poor man's sandwich the rest of your life. You really are. That's what you're going to eat. You're going to eat a poor man's sandwich instead of a rich man's sandwich. And so... God, See, for us, God is pleased with us. This is what pleases God. For you and I to know that we are His sons or daughters. When we know that, God is pleased. That's what Paul was saying. Find out what pleases the Lord. And once you discover that, I'm talking about you discover in your heart that God really is pleased with you. And God affirms you for who you are. He may not necessarily appreciate everything you're doing in your life, but He affirmed you right this moment that He would come and put His hands on you and say, I totally affirm you. I totally affirm I don't care what you're doing with your life right now. I don't care what you're saying. I totally affirm you as a person, as a human being. You're a son. I'm pleased with you. I love you dearly. And you can't make me love you an inch more or you can never make me not love you. Now, when that becomes this reality and people see there something begins to transform on the inside of you something begins to change on the inside of you life begins to change out here for you you know I've told people, you know I'm one of the most goal driven human beings there is I don't I've not met many people that can keep up in terms of goals and so I live the life of goals and I think that's a pretty good thing to do okay is having goals but here's what my problem was is i would achieve goals because if you have goals and you're really diligent you can achieve them i would achieve the goal and i'd be happy for about 45 seconds but then i'd be thinking the next goal you know what i'm saying you know like i you know that old term take time to smell the roses well there was no time to smell roses in fact i would cut the roses down <laughs> Because I ain't got time. Here, somebody go smell the roses. I got this goal I got to accomplish. But really what was in in me, it was this drive in me that I wasn't getting something that I needed from God. And I was thinking, accomplishing these things, this is the truth about you. Accomplishing these things is going to make God happy. And when God is happy, I will be happy. And my life will be pleasing. And I I can be at rest on the inside. That's all a big hoax that the devil has convinced people to not that God doesn't want us to have goals but those goals will not give you what you want they will not do it no amount no amount no amount of anointing no amount of power no amount of calling no amount of success will satisfy the thing in you that God has created you to be satisfied and we must we must make that the priority of our lives to discover this thing And you're here this morning hearing this, so you're responsible now. Okay? You're responsible to know there's something more besides whatever it is in your life that rings your bell. Are you okay? Lord, let's read this one. This is good. I'm not through. You wish I was? Is that what somebody said? I wish you were through. (laughs) Thank you, Tony. I know it's good. It ain't good because I said it. It's good because it is the absolute truth. And if we're in a new day, the best way to start your new day out is start it out real with God. And being real with God is being the real you. Being the person that He said, I designed you to be that way. I created you to be that way. That's who you are. And we will never get that information from anything else. You know, a lot of athletes get it. They think they get it from how good they play their, their sport. Or, you know, looks. Well, I've told you the bad story about good looking women, right? How, you know, a good looking woman has no personality because all her life she went on her personality. And one day she wakes up and she's ugly. Okay? And suddenly she has this no personality and nobody likes her anymore because really everybody liked her good looks. They didn't really like her. Y'all get that? That's a sort of mean example, isn't it? Well, here's the truth. What if this person was a really good preacher, okay? And everybody loved him because he was a good preacher. But one day, he got old and his teeth fell out. And he couldn't preach so good no more. Suddenly, nobody loves him no more because they never really loved him. They loved that old mask of being a good preacher he had on. That old mask of being a good preacher, everybody's wearing their little mask. Guess what your mask is doing? It's keeping you from receiving the love that you're supposed to have. Right? Right? Because you got your little mask on. And people don't love you. They love your mask. But really what God wants to do is get all that off and get real. So you can receive His love. And receive the love and affirmation from other people that we need. We need that. Okay? Anyways. Therefore, Second Corinthians 5.17. This is one of these scriptures in the Bible that, you know, you want to jump over. Right? For years, like, I don't like that scripture, Lord, because I do not understand it. Because it's not true in my life. And it bugs me when something in the Bible is so far away from my reality. If anyone is in Christ, therefore... When, how many people are in Christ this morning? I'm in. I've been in. I've known that to be the truth for a long time. This is the part that really messed me up. He is a new creation. I don't feel like a new creation always. And then it gets worse... Old things have passed away. It gets worse there for me, or got worse there for me. Old things have been What? Wait a minute, Lord. I got some of the same lust in me that I had when I was 18 years old and didn't know you from Adam. And you're saying old things have passed away. Somehow this ain't working. Something's wrong. I know it's not wrong with the Bible, but something's wrong with me, Lord. That's why I avoided the Scripture, because it made me feel like something was wrong with me. Behold, all things have become new. All things. All things, no way. Has anybody ever thought about that? Has all things become new in your life? Has all old things gone in your life? Tell me, is that your experience? I want to find the Christian who walks in the door and gets saved and walks out and says, everything old in me is gone. I'm a completely new person. And that's my experience right this moment. I would kiss that person's feet just to be around them. Because I've been a Christian for about 40 years and been fighting for this scripture to be a reality in my life for 40 years. Almost. Am I messing the microphone up? Is it working out right? He's looking distressed back there, man. I give Jonathan a workout. And and the reason I do is because I don't speak from my lungs like he said. I speak from my face. That's what he said. I'm figuring this. I'm speaking out of my face. Now, here's this. This is the thing. I want you to get this this morning. Everybody in this room... This is what the Lord told me. Byron, this is what he said to me. I have zero, zero interest in changing you. Zero. I don't want to change you. That's what he told me. And I said, what? You don't want to change me? Are you kidding me, Lord? Look at me. I'm a mess. Some things need to change. Ask my wife. You're telling me one thing, and she's telling me something else. You need to change. You need to change. You need to change. You're telling me, don't change, don't change, don't change. (laughs) Well, here's what it is. This is what he said to me. I already changed you. I already changed you. And you're believing a lie. Because I changed you when you were born again. I changed you when you were born again. I said, really? Why don't I feel like I'm changed? Tell me, Lord. Well, this is what he did. There was this butterfly. Literally, I was playing golf, and there was this butterfly. This butterfly, something was wrong with this butterfly. I thought, what is wrong with this butterfly? Because it kept coming and landing on me. At first, it was like, oh, this is cool. Look at this beautiful butterfly on my arm. Now, get off. Check it off. And it kept coming. I couldn't even hardly swing the golf club because this stupid butterfly was swarming me. And I was thinking, this butterfly has got mental problems. What is wrong with the butterfly? And it was a beautiful butterfly. But I got over its beauty pretty quick. I was trying to play golf. I don't need something on my hands when I'm trying to swing this club. You know, finally it quit jumping on me and was getting on my golf clubs. Praise the Lord, something's going to happen in my golf game. I didn't think that. I was hoping something would change. It didn't. It got worse. So, but this is the truth about this. Is I did a little research. Did you know this? Caterpillars and butterflies have the exact same DNA. It's a true scientific fact. If you, looked at the, if, if you took a scientist and said, here's the DNA and it really came out of a, of a caterpillar, they would not know that it, that it didn't come from a butterfly because it's the exact same DNA. Okay? But here's the caterpillar. This is, the, imagine, wait a minute. If you came and asked most Christians, well, this is the way I felt. I felt like a caterpillar. That's how I felt most of my Christian life. Hey, I'm crawling around here on the dogged ground. Okay, there's these dang bugs trying to eat me constantly. And these 250-pound men are about to step on me. And I'm doing everything I can to live. But there's something inside of me that says, This can't be my life. And that's what the butterfly... is the butterfly in us. You see... In fact, I haven't had a chance to, to research this one yet, but I just found this out yesterday. Dr. Carolina Leaf, who's a brain doctor, says now that they can medically, medically, however they do it, you know, people who do stuff like that, she's a brain person, can look at a person's DNA before they're born again and after they're born again, and there's some change that happens. I'm thinking, really? In fact, they claim there's another strand in the DNA. Well, I don't know. Lenora's back there like, Whoa, 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 Byron, whoa! That has not been proven yet. Well, I just said I have a chance to research it out. See, I know Lenora. You start talking medical stuff, she's going to call you on the carpet. But you see, the butterfly is really who we are. Okay? A butterfly and a caterpillar are the same thing DNA-wise. And that's really what this scripture is changing. Actually, what this does, that word, all things have become new, actually, that could be translated, all things or you are actually growing. Growing into something new. You know, because really, if you really look at the scripture, Second Peter 3.18, it says, Grow. See, that's why the Lord is saying, Byron, I'm not interested in changing you, but I am interested in growing you up. Growing you into something else. Growing you into what you're supposed to be. Y'all got that? Now, I'm telling you, that one little thing right there can be a life changer for you. Because everybody in this room is looking for that thing. That thing that's going to do it for me. That one more thing, that one more touch from the Lord, that one that one more revelation, that one more that one more vision, that one more dream, that one more that one more thing. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That one more thing that's gonna do it for me. And it is not that one more thing. It's not that one more thing. Those one more things are really cool things. In fact, they are really supposed to be a part of our Christian life. We're just trying to get something out of those things that God never meant for us to get them. He never meant for us that one more touch of the Lord was not meant to change you. It wasn't meant to give you that. It was just meant to help you realize something. To realize that you really are a butterfly on the inside. And that struggle you're going through is what that butterfly has to go through. It has to go through that, and it don't need anybody helping it out of it. That's why you need really wise, older people in the Lord. And when you're struggling back in your life, that they're like, "Yeah, yeah, you're really struggling." Oh, Lord bless you. Can I meet with you? I'm I'm too busy this week. I don't really want to get involved in this situation. That you're in, because God is trying to help you break out of being a caterpillar. And if I get involved in it, it's going to mess you up, and you're going to die. And then He's going to have to go through, and start over all over again with you. Y'all know that's the truth. That happens with biddies. Don't ever have a biddy get out of its shell. You know, little bitties, when they're hatching out of shells, you ever watch one? We used to watch them. Bitties are chickens. If you didn't know that, there's something wrong. I don't know what they call them in Canada, but they're little bitty chickens. Bitties. Chicks, I don't know, man. They're bitties, little bitty. But you see, a lot of what people have gone through in the last couple of years, really, this is what he's, he's trying to do to in your life. If you could begin to see the struggle in your life is that God is trying to transform you, metamorphosize you. That's actually the Greek word for transform. To metamorphosize you into that butterfly that your DNA says you really are. You see what I'm saying? And see, the struggle is meant, it's the struggle is a part of it. That feeling of like, dang it, I'm tired of people, I'm tired of these bugs eating on me. I'm tired of crawling on the ground. Because I don't belong on the ground, I belong up there in the air. Flying around on people like Byron. Bugging him. And so when Jesus, you see, what it is, is Jesus wants us to know this. When we begin to realize, when we were born again, we were changed. We got the DNA right then and right there. We became the butterfly right then and right there. But the problem was we're still crawling around on the ground, and it's baffling to us. It's a baffling thing to our minds. Okay? Because we're acting. We feel like a butterfly. We want to be a butterfly. But we're a caterpillar still from all outward appearances. We're acting like a caterpillar. We're talking like a caterpillar. But there's something really going on because that DNA has this power in it. And so when we begin to realize God doesn't need to change me anymore. I'm sorry, Becky. (laughs) God doesn't need to change me. But God does want to do this. He wants to release me to grow me up. To grow me into grace. To grow me into relationship with Him. That's 2 Peter 3.18. And that's what pleasing the Lord is all about. Pleasing the Lord is nothing about what you and I do. It has nothing to do. If you go down a life of trying to please the Lord, you will fail. You will fail miserably because the moment you were born again, the Father said, I am so pleased with you. I am so pleased with you. I want you to know that I'm going to tell you for the rest of your life I'm pleased with you. I love you. I accept you. I affirm you. And our mind, saying, but I'm a caterpillar. Nobody can love a caterpillar. Look at me. How can you be pleased with me? Look what I'm doing. That's the human plight. Do y'all get this? I don't think y'all are getting this. I'm just telling you this. You want to get free? You really want to be, you want to live a life. I, I said to the Lord, okay, Lord, well, it's time to quit. But I did say to him this, what about that Colossians 1, 9 and 10 prayer, Lord? Find out what pleases the Lord, or or not find out what uh you know, we fill with the knowledge of his will with all spiritual understanding and discernment that we be fruitful in every good work. Pleasing the Lord. That's what it says. Well, what about that, Lord? Well, actually, it doesn't say that. It says pleasing. Pleasing. You know what it's talking about? Paul said I want you to get this revelation so you will know that God's pleased and because you know he's pleased you are going to be pleased you're going to live a life that's pleasing because of what you do know not because of what you do your life will be pleasing to you you'll be pleased with what's going on inside of you and that's a pretty good pretty good day when you are content in your heart with who God says you are. And, and Well, in that dream I had, it was in my early Christian days because the shirt I had on was a shirt I used to wear back when I was a young Christian. And I can promise you this, as far as my actions were and my attitudes and my heart and opinion, it was anything but pleasing to anything, to anybody. I was still pretty pretty rough but in that moment the father was saying to me I affirm you I'm pleased with you and it's taken me a long time to get that and see that's what Jesus was trying to show us when he allowed that to happen to him when the father says I'm, I'm pleased with you I love you he was trying to say y'all please get this please get this please let this happen in your life Please believe that's how He feels about you. Please do that. And then when Paul said, we need, I need to tell you about this DNA thing. Well, he didn't have the term DNA, so he just used, the, used what he did there in Second Corinthians 5, 17. We're becoming new. We're growing. We're changing into who we really are. And because we quit trying to make God happy and please God, We'd laid all that down, and trusted what God said, trusted what God said. We came at peace, and then we were allowed to start becoming who we really are. Because the day came, I said, "You know what? If God said that, I trust what He said." And from that moment on, change was not an issue for me. Change quit being part of my life. It was, I'm going to grow. I'm going to become all that he's called me to be. I'm going to be who he says I am. That's what pleases the Lord. Are you all on that? Let's ask the Lord to do that for you in a greater way this morning if you'd like to have that. Woo, thank you, Jesus, for the fresh air from heaven. I'm excited about the Lord. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Hey, this morning, uh, Corey Mead's son, what's your son's name? Owen, was yelling in church. Can you believe that? (laughs) He was yelling in church. And I realized something. That's why we yell. Because we're like little children. Yeah. I thought, man, that sets me free. I don't know about all the religious people liking yelling, but I discovered something today. Yelling is what a child does. And I'm a child. So I can hear. Now, I will admit this. I've ruined my voice yelling. I can't. If I yell, I'm done. I can't. I had to be real conservative in my voice these days. They asked me to pray for a bunch of people in South America. I said, if I pray, I will not be preaching tomorrow, trust me, because my voice cannot take a bunch of yelling. And when I start praying for people, I get loud for some reason. But don't you love that? I want to free people to be real Father, stand up. You want... Lord, we just want to get the butterfly revelation. Lord, we're not a bunch of caterpillars. We look like a caterpillar. We act like a caterpillar. We feel like a caterpillar. But God, you are saying we are not caterpillars. And you have not called us to live our entire life crawling on the ground. And I pray that you would break this lie over these people in this room this morning, and they would be that metamorphosis, Lord. And if people begin to see the last couple of years of their life, all the struggles, all the disappointments, all the hard, horrible stuff, and the struggle they've had is really birthing them into their real identity. To be in that beautiful butterfly that is full of color and is full of life and full of joy. Their real identity, Lord. I just thank you for that today. Just release that on every person in this room. Every person in this room. God, just let them get that, Lord. Somehow, Holy Spirit... Somehow, I pray that people's hearts would see this. I pray that you would open the eyes of their heart to see their calling, their identity, and the power of God to make all that work in their life. I ask you to do that. I pray that, God, right now in Jesus' name. a spirit of wisdom and revelation come upon every heart in this room to see what's really the truth, to see what's already there, so we can begin to lay hold of it and begin to understand our confusing, contrary life that we live sometimes. That confuses us and is contrary to the truth. But you have an answer. Speak to hearts this morning, right now, Holy Spirit. to speak to hearts. You know, one way I pray that prayer is I use the word continue. Lord, continue to give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the acknowledgement of the Lord Jesus Christ. Continue opening the eyes of my heart so I may know my calling, so I may know my identity, and so I may know the power of God. Continue to do that in my life, Lord. Just continue that in my life. Let that be a continual dynamic of the Holy Spirit in my life, Lord. Uh, In fact, Lord, here's what you can do. Not only the eyes of my heart, but the ears of my heart. Open them up to start hearing some stuff. Let the the sense of smell of my heart, where I can smell the aroma of Christ, Lord, be activated. Be working in my heart. Let the, the sense of taste, that I may taste and see that the Lord is good, be working in my heart. And let the, the sense of feel, where I can feel His presence, where I can feel His love, where I can feel His, His, His pleasure and heart, let it be working in my heart. Lord, I ask You to do that. I ask You to release that upon people today, Lord. That, and they would begin to exercise those spiritual senses. And they would see that sandwich of heaven that You want us to eat this morning. Of calling, identity, and power that we'd eat that, we would stop eating the poor sandwich and start eating the sandwich that was rich in love, rich in in Yourself, Lord. Thank You, Jesus. Just release Your power right now on people, Lord. Lord, remove remove everything of skepticism, everything of disappointment. Lord, hey, Lord, help us to quit judging by the sight of our eyes and the hearing of our ears, but with righteousness, justice, and truth, let us make our decisions. I just want you to surrender, if you will, when it comes to your, your, who you really are, I want you to surrender right now to the Lord your opinion and your belief about who you really are. I want you to surrender it. I want you to say, Lord, I, I release that to you right now. I surrender it to you so I can know who you are. I can get Your opinion. I can get what You're saying. I want to get my thoughts out of the way so thoughts of heaven can come in. Lord, I lay my thoughts down at Your feet. I lay them at the cross this morning. You didn't allow those thorns to be driven into Your head for me to continue living below what You called me to live, Lord. So I give up my thoughts this morning. I give up my opinions this morning. I give them to You, Lord. And I trust you, Lord. I trust you right now to begin to release the thoughts of heaven into my mind, into my heart, Lord. I just trust you. Just say, Lord, I trust you. We've got to trust Him. We've got to trust what He says the truth. We've got to trust that He's going to do what He said. We've got to trust that the Bible is the truth for you and I on a personal level. Lord, just release that right now. Release it in this room on these people. Let that fresh air from heaven blow all that crazy stuff off of us, Lord. Blow all of them lies out of us. And those who are struggling, who are fighting—they feel like they're fighting for their lives, They feel like they're not going to make it. Well, you're just going to come forth like a butterfly. You're coming forth like a butterfly. And when you wonder why why didn't God send somebody to help me? God was helping you by what? He wasn't letting them help you. He was protecting you because it was going to cause you to come out strong and you were going to come out more beautiful and you're going to live. You're going to live. You're going to live. You're going to to be beautiful because you've got His DNA in you and His DNA is life and it's beauty. Lord, we just determined today, I'm not who I used to be, Lord. I'm not who I used to be, Lord, the beauty of the Lord is changing. Not, no, the beauty of the Lord is not changing me. The beauty of the Lord is causing me to grow up into that image of Christ. The beauty of the Lord is transforming me on the inside. Where Jesus can manifest Himself through my soul. Through my thoughts. Through my passions. Through my desires. Yeah, that's how you overcome sin is when Jesus is in the soul and manifesting in your soul and suddenly has a new desire, like, I don't want to do that. New desires, Lord. Lord, just release those new desires in this room right now. New passions, Lord. That's what a new day is. We really are living in a new day. We are new creatures. We are new creations. God has recreated us. Lord, just let that be a reality in every person in this room's life, Lord. The last thing I just wanted to say, I know it's over time, but, uh, you know, it's like there's a scripture in Hebrews where it talks, you know, a dog returns to its vomit a hog returns to the mud. I just like, we just keep going back to that stuff. And that was pretty, those are really strong pitchers. You know? Those are strong pitchers. I mean, uh Let that, those things of the old person be that repulsive to you. Like, oh, I wouldn't want to eat vomit. I'm not going to waller in hog slop. Just, Ask the Lord to do that for you. To let you see all that old, be like slop to you, be like dog vomit to you. I don't know about you, but I've I've been in the house when a dog vomited and I was vomiting. It smelled so bad it made me vomit. And that's how God wants to do with us about our old nature and all that. It's just like, oh, that's just, I can't do that. I can't deal with that no more. Lord, just release grace for people in Jesus' name. Sure. Well, I'm just going to let you go if you want to go. Lord bless you and keep you. Amen.